2: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everybody, welcome back into your latest episode of Locked On Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Sattery, joined by Jim Iello of the Indianapolis Star, the Colts beat writer there. Also host the Cover One Podcast, of fellow Colts insider, Joel A. Erickson. Jim, how are you doing today on this Friday afternoon?
2: I'm doing well, doing well. Getting ready, uh, excited for a couple weeks from now when this thing gets going, free agency.
1: Yeah, we're just under two weeks away now. I think March 17th is the official league year opening free agency as well as the same day where you're going to be hearing a lot of legal, and there's probably even still, Jim, at this point, illegal tampering going on with some agents around the NFL with some teams. And we're going to dive into free agency today for the Indianapolis Colts, talk through some options for them as far as retaining guys or not, if they could walk in free agency. And then we'll dive in in the second part of the show, talking about some names and positions that could, the Colts could really target here in less than two weeks in free agency once it opens. But, Jim, let's start off here at the biggest elephant in the room, in my opinion. And, one, I think after the quarterback decision where – it seems like to me everyone's turned their eyes to this situation, That's it's T.Y. Hilton, the Colts legend, the last nine years of the NFL. He's been really since day one, even though he's like under Reggie Wayne's wing for a year or two, was a media producer, Andrew Luck. And we obviously know the connection with Luck and Hilton throughout their career, but Luck retires in 2018. Hilton's numbers kind of fall off a little bit with Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers. First off, just with T.Y. Hilton, what's your expectation there? Because all three guys, Jim Ursay, Chris Ballard, Frank Wright, that's forever for the Colts organization, have all said they want T.Y. back but it's really about the money. So it's really intriguing to me, like what who could get on the open market here in a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's going to be the, that's going to be the big question, right? Is is what can he get on the open market? And I think that's going to be determined in part, at least by, by the guys that are going to get tagged, kind of the bigger names at the top of the market. Are are we going to see uh, Chris Godwin get tagged? Are we going to see Kenny Galladay get tagged, Alan Robinson get tagged or, or re-signed, I guess in the same options. Juju Smith-Schuster has said he wants to be back in, in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh has said the same thing about him. So I think, one of the things that is interesting about this offseason is uh, it, it can be determined, like he, T.Y. could be sitting near the top of the market if those guys all go back to their original teams, or he could be, you know, 6th, 7th on, on the list of receivers. So I think that will help shape his market. The other thing is weird offseason salary cap is dropping. We don't know how much. Um, the floor is going to be 180000000 million. I've talked to some people that think it'll be 85 to eighty eight also heard some people say it'll be 183, 184. So I think we're still waiting to hear exactly what that'll be. But that, again, will help determine, are there going to be teams that cut players loose? And those were a guy like Emmanuel Sanders strikes me as somebody that could get cut by the Saints just because they need to free up some cap space. So where does he fall, and how does he affect the market? So there's a lot of interesting kind of side factors uh, for the Colts, but we're determining bringing back T.Y. Hilton. But the, I think the main thing is letting T.Y., they're going to let T.Y. go to the market and say, what can you get? And then we'll see where you, that we're at with that. Um, they've had every opportunity uh, to try to bring him back before this, but they're not the kind of team that sets the market. That's not what they do. So while they want T.Y. Hilton back, like you said, Jim Irsay, T, uh, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, have also they want T.Y. Hilton back, they want him back at a price they, they think is manageable. So they're going to let him go out in the market, see what he can get. Um, and then And then we'll see from there.
1: In the scenario, Jim, where um, let's say Allen Robinson, Kenny Gallon, and Chris Godwin are tagged, easily the top three guys in the market here. So Chicago, Detroit, and, and Tampa Bay keep their guys around for at least one more year. The list of like five guys that really stand out to me as far as top in the free agency list goes is Juju Smith-Schuster. Then you throw in Corey Davis from Tennessee. I think someone's going to pay for him with his potential. Curtis Samuel from Carolina, Will Fuller with Houston. I think he's going to go somewhere to a contender and get some good money as well. And T. Y. Hilton. You could put T. Y. anywhere from top three to top five on that list of five guys there, Jim. Um, in that scenario where Robinson, Galladay, and Godwin are tagged, do you believe that lessens the chance that T.Y. returns in that scenario? Because I feel like one team out there, whether it be like a Green Bay or even a team like a even i a – I'd be surprised if it goes to Jacksonville, but a team that really overpays for a T.Y. Hilton. Do those three guys off the market can really decide if T.Y. Hilton stays or not?
2: Yeah, in a way. I mean, I guess if those three guys are out there and, and the teams that they're leaving have determined they're probably not going to – spend so much money at receiver uh, and go on a kind of different direction with their cap. And therefore teams like green Bay or um, San Francisco or Miami, I know is interested in receivers. Um, yeah. Those guys, maybe they go after the top of the market guys and that makes it more likely that T Y Hilton comes back to Indianapolis. But uh, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think if those guys get tagged, stay with their current teams, I think it maybe makes it less likely T Y comes back because they'll have more suitors. Um, out there and then again it's going to be really interesting to see what he gets on, the, on on the market i think receivers are it's one of those weird positions where i think they it kind of gets inflated maybe more than than you'd think so i i could see him easily in uh, you know going over 10 11 12 million being per year i mean and, and being around there i could also you know see him coming in less depending on what the market is it's gonna it's just it's hard to guess just because we haven't really seen an offseason like this
1: yeah. With that being said, with the COVID nineteen situation with the NFL and the salary cap decreasing to where it was, according to Track, they have Ty Hilton's value at around ten million dollars per year. Yeah. Do you feel like that's a fair number for the Colts? Like you mentioned, it's just so hard to tell right now at the official salary cap numbers. The Colts can fall anywhere between like forty-three to even like fifty-five million dollars in the next couple of weeks. If the salary cap is more than we originally expected to be, do you feel like around like eight to ten million dollars is probably the uh, the average line you look for if you're the Colts and maybe just looking ahead to the free agency for T.Y. Hilton, because I feel like if it gets above $10 million to me, I feel like that's where the Colts could draw the line.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think 10 million is about right. I mean, maybe even close to 12. Like I said, Emmanuel Sanders was not quite the same production level as T.Y. Hilton around the same age and signed for two years, 24 with New Orleans last year. So that to me is not a bad place to look for a, a, a comparative deal. Um, that might be a little high, but maybe not. I, again, I don't know. Um, a couple of years ago, I think at 30 years old, Golden Tate signed for, I think it was four years and around 37 million. It was just over nine and a half million per year, but obviously, um, a couple more guaranteed because it was a longer deal. Uh, it's, it, like I said, it's really interesting to see how that'll shape, like, you know, again, the guaranteed money versus the total dollars, um, uh, in it. But I could, I, I guess I definitely my give my, again, my guess would be Ty gets double digits, um, but I don't know how many years, again, he has said in the past, what we do know is that he he wants to make this his last contract. He said he wants to retire uh, after this deal and ideally retire a Colt, but I don't know if that's a, you know, does that happen after a two-year deal, a three-year deal, a four-year deal? Is that what he's looking for? Um, But again, I I would be, I guess I would be surprised if it came in under 10, Uh, but again, I don't know how much above 10 it'll go. Let's go to
1: Xavier Rhodes now, Jim. I, I think right there you could put T.Y. and Rhodes 1A, 1B, however you like, but I feel like he's a priority re-sign for this team. If they want to keep the same production that we saw last year, cornerback, unless you want to roll the dice on, like, an Akilah scheme for San Francisco or maybe draft a guy in the first um, few rounds of the draft. But Xavier Rhodes did so well for himself last year for a really rough time in Minnesota over his last couple of years. Really fits his zone scheme really well. But Jonathan Gannon now is in Philadelphia. I can't imagine Rhodes going to Philadelphia because they really don't have much cap space, but – do you feel like Rhodes is the same thing? Where if it gets above a certain number, I, the Colts probably want him back, but if it gets to do a bidding war, he's probably going to be
2: walking. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a, probably a great way of putting it. Is that, that they want him back um, if if the price is you know manageable for them? But I think the thing we have to keep in mind too is that Chris Ballard at this particular position has been really good at finding bargain free agents to come in and play really well. I mean, they claimed that Pierre Desir off the waiver wire at one point, and he played really good football for them for a year. They gave him a deal that they you know they probably regretted he wasn't as good, but Again, didn't really cost them a ton of guaranteed money or dead cap or anything like that, but uh, they hadn't ended up releasing him, but he did have one really good year with the Colts. And then, um, yeah, they got Xavier Rhodes for, I think it was three and a half million last year, which is really low. It was was just about half what they were paying Pierre Desir uh, uh, going into the season. So that's the only thing I'll say is that Chris Ballard likes to to kind of bargain hunt. And if Xavier Rhodes gets pretty high up there, I don't know that he's going to match. And and again, there are some guys out there that, I don't know, maybe maybe there is a, a Josh Norman or a Patrick Peterson or somebody like that who comes – again, those guys may be a little higher in the market, kind of naming some corners who are um, who have been released. But, that again, those kind of tend to be Chris Ballard targets as well, guys who have been cut. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, the other thing about this with the defense is I just – I tend to believe that in the Colts defense, the cover two corner is – again, they're all important positions, but I think the outside corner is not as important as other spots as – you know, say that obviously the three technique or the weak side linebacker Darius Leonard's going to be um, some other spots. And again, uh, the edge rush, like I think Chris Ballard is going to want to save his money for the spots that are crucially important to this defense. And I don't think, you know, outside corner is in the top, you know, two or three on that list.
1: Yeah. Xavier Rhodes is going to be a name to watch for the next couple of weeks, obviously from the Colts perspective, but the last two names on the list here, Jimmy can combine them together here. Justin Houston and Danico Autry. I feel like at this point, I'd be very surprised if Justin Houston comes back just because age, he kind of was very consistent last year. And it also I think a team out there, like a contender, a win-out team, like a a Green Bay if they cut Preston Smith or even a reunion in Kansas City, for example, like like a team maybe takes like a cheaper pay cut and goes to like a ring chasing for a year or two if I'm Justin Houston. And for Danico Autry, I have to wonder too, let's say they pay T.Y. Holden or if they pay Xavier Rhodes as well and you go out and get an edge rusher, that money could go very quick. And I feel like Denico Autry's earned himself a payday here where I feel like it might not be an ending.
2: Yeah. So for Justin Houston, I'm with you. I mean, it's, he's an older guy. He has produced. I mean, we know Chris Ballard has said he still thinks he's got some juice left. Um, 19 sacks. I mean, we go real quick backward. 19 sacks in two years. That's a win for Chris Ballard on a two-year, $24 million deal. They got a, a lot out of Justin Houston. It was a good signing for them. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I would be surprised if he came back, but I, 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 yeah, I don't see it happening either, I guess, is, is where I'm at. There's, there's a lot of other edge guys out there. Um, maybe not like it's not a super like high quality class, but there's a lot. it's it's kind of deep with a lot of interesting names. And so the Colts could go after somebody a little bit younger. and that's that kind of tends to be where where Chris Ballard likes to go, you know, at 26, 27, 28. Maybe he finds another guy in that, like, you know, Justin Houston signs at twenty eight and plays his year, twenty nine, and thirty years. Maybe that's the kind of thing he's looking for uh, to replace to replace Justin Houston. So again, if 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 the money isn't that bad, again, Justin Houston did show some. Like uh, it was eight sacks last year. It was a little inconsistent, but he wasn't bad. I mean, he was still he was still a productive player. So I could see that. Danico Autry. I'm with you. I I kind of think he's earned himself a nice payday. I man, it, the thing about Denico Autry is I just don't know how many guys out there are as effective playing uh, defensive end like he did most of the year, but then also having the ability to slide inside. And we've seen him play the three technique um in this defense, and we know how important that is. And we kind of saw this year without DeForest Buckner, they didn't have Denico Autry in that game either, how critical it is to have a guy, who an impact player um, on the interior when, when they kind of got blown out of the water by Tennessee when they didn't have Buckner out there. Uh, I just kind of like the idea of having Autry as your are start, starting on an edge and then the you know, very valuable insurance of being able to play that three-technique spot, a very critical spot in this defense. Now, you could say, hey, they have Taequann Lewis. Do they trust Taekwon Lewis enough to take up those stops on the edge and then be, again, be able to help fill in on the interior? I don't know. I know they like him. I know that they I know that they were really happy about the step he took forward in year three. Um, but again, I don't, you have to trust him to do that to let a guy like Nico Autry go. And the last thing I'll say about Nico Autry is I, I expect him to have a pretty big market, a guy who's not going to break the bank, but is going to be a really consistent dependable player who can again play multiple positions. So I, I, He's kind of, a, he'd be an underrated loss for the Colts if he, you if he, uh, know, go somewhere else. Bet online is the fastest
1: and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college, basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online encovers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time data, odds, and props on anything you can imagine. Bet online is careful of news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, series and mobile device, right now, sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code is locked on, LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts today on the Lock On Today podcast. Big Ben is back in yellow and black. Is that a good thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time at the Lock On Today podcast. Subscribe to Lock On Today wherever you get your podcast.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Last point here on the Colts' own free agency. where we dive into some names here that came up with Jim. I can go across you as far as what you think about these guys and these positions. But you had a really good story yesterday on Indy Star about the compensatory pick formula. And really, this, this is something I've been hammering on the podcast for a while now, Jim, is that this Chris Brown's never had the opportunity to really stockpile compensatory picks. He's been waiting and waiting and waiting for about four years at this point. Now all these guys come off the rookie deals. Anthony Walker, Malik Cooker probably would have gotten a lot higher compensatory pick if he didn't get hurt this year. Same goes for Marlon Mack. You also throw in guys like a Justin Houston, Xavier Rhodes, Danico Autry. He could get, like, I, I, I'm i not going to say he gets six or seven comp picks, so he could probably get at least, like, two or three or four. Like, they're mm-hmm. pretty solid ones if they play their cards right in this scenario. What's your thoughts on the Colts doing that, Jim? Because I feel like, honestly, if they were to let those guys go and, and maybe sign guys who are cut or maybe drafts some replacements or lay on the draft, the Colts could really recoup the Carson Wentz trade in pretty short order.
2: That's, yeah. And so I – we know how much Chris Ballard likes picks. We know that for the first time, um, he, he hasn't even had you know the minimum of seven picks because he's got you know six going into this year and six going into next year now after having made that Carson Wentz deal. And so I think a really good way to recoup some of that value is going to is to play the compensatory pick game. And you you made a lot of great points. I kind of they haven't really been able to do this before. Now again, the guys they're letting go aren't like top of the market guys, so they don't have a chance maybe at a third round pick. Uh, they have an outside chance, I would say, at a, a couple of guys at a fourth round pick, comp, comp pick, and then, you know, maybe more likely for the other guys, five and sixes. But again, you stack those and, and those are valuable to Chris Ballard. He likes having five, fifth and sixth round picks um, and to use. And again, the, the more you have of those, the more, you know, you can make up the value lost in trading for Carson Wentz. So I think there's definitely some merit to the idea. And I think that I know, you know, I know the Colts are considering that. I, I, again, it's something they have to factor into their thinking going forward. And, we we've talked about it too. Xavier Rhodes, Justin Houston, uh, Eric Ebron, all guys that made big impacts for the Colts that were released by teams and don't factor into the comp formula. Uh, the comp formula. So that's 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 a huge win for, for Chris Ballard if he can play that game again uh, and get some and get some picks back. The other thing is you know again we kind of talked about this at the beginning was there's a lot there's probably going to be a lot of high quality free agents that are released and cut. So Chris Ballard is going to have. You know more to choose from. I think as teams are trying to kind of manage their caps, and he could even try to play this two years down the road. Is doing it again this year and signing a bunch of guys, or you know some guys to one year deals, and then letting him hit free agency next year when the cap goes back up and play that comp picket game again. So you could cash in twice. So there's a lot of merit to trying to try to you know to try to do that now. And again, I think it's something the Colts are definitely considering. Um, and now again, if there's a free agent that 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 is not a released guy and. It doesn't, you know, it won't count against their comp formula, but it comes at a price that they like. I think they'll add them just because they're, they're trying to open their their window here to win a championship, and there are some tempting players out there. So, again, if those guys come in at the prices they're comfortable with, I think they'll make those moves. But I don't think Chris Ballard's going to be very upset if he's, you know, all of a sudden next year he's bringing in two, three, four for extra draft picks.
1: Let's transition now, Jim, over to some free agents who can make a lot of sense for this Colts team. We'll just go position by position here as far as maybe priority list of where the Colts could actually sporge compared to years past when we know the Colts are usually frugal, but maybe at a couple positions they could maybe spin a little big here and make an impact move. But let's start off with edge rusher in that scenario. And some names I have for you here, Jim. Bud Dupree, if he comes back to Pittsburgh, it will not surprising, but he was tagged last year, come off an ACL injury. Maybe he make takes like a one or two year deal on a on a like a sixteen, seventeen minute period contract and then re-enters the market to show he's healthy again. Carl Lawson to the Bengals. Romeo Arquara of the Lions, Tyus Bowser of the Ravens is a cheaper option. Do you feel like any of those guys make sense to you if you're the Colts, where you could go out and maybe make an impact where you did a couple of years ago, Justin Houston, but a younger option?
2: Yeah, I, I like the guys that you named, honestly. Um, it's particularly Carl Lawson, which, again, I know my my colleague at Indy Star, Joel Erickson's getting mad at me because that's um, he's got the my guy tag on Carl Lawson right now. Um, that's That's the guy that's really intrigued him. He had 32 quarterback hits last year. He only had five and a half sacks. Um, that's kind of ridiculous. Usually, you know, those numbers are a little bit closer together. Uh, from, what I, I, from what I read about him, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm right, is that those 32 quarterback hits were second only to T.J. Watt. So he's young. He's 26. Um, I don't know what the price is going to be. It, it seemed like he might be one of those guys that, again, because he had five and a half sacks, he'd slide in under the radar, but he's starting to get more attention, it seems like. So, again, he maybe he prices himself out. For the Colts and then they, you know, they have to go to kind of somebody else. And um Romeo Oquwara from Detroit is a guy that I also like too. He he had a pretty good year last year with Detroit. He's kind of a late bloomer. Um, but again, I just like the guys that are a little bit younger and have a chance to, you know, have proven themselves in the NFL, but are a little bit younger and can give you two or three good years. Um, I'm I would say that I think if the Colts are going to spend in free agency, it's gonna be here.
1: Yeah, I was about to ask you that, Jim. So, like, if you had to pick any position on this list here for the Colts, would you predict, because uh, you know this isn't Chris Bauer's forte, so to say, but getting some help on the edge here to get someone alongside DeForest Buckner, whatever price it may be, is probably the most likely scenario for them to make a big outside move?
2: Yeah, I think so. Just because, like you said, you have Buckner and you have Grover Stewart. That's a, that's as like, formidable interior as most teams have in the NFL. And then you have, you again, Tyquan Lewis, Kamoko Ture, Ben Banigu, Rob Windsor. There's some interesting names. There's guys with upside in there. But, again, guys that you can trust to play a lot of snaps, I don't know. I mean, you're losing so much on the edge right now, it, just in terms of play time, with, with uh, Justin Houston, Daniko Autry, and al Muhammad all being free agents. And so – you, you know, again, you, you're going to have to get production out of one of these guys. I, I, you, you know that Chris Ballard preferred to address this through the draft. You know that he would hope that Banigou or Ture or any of these guys take a big step forward. I don't think, again, if you're trying to be competitive this year, I don't think you can count on those things. And we do know that the Colts like to be deep. They like to be able to rotate guys through, eight, nine guys through the defensive line uh, and, and all be productive. So, yeah, I'm, I, I 100% think if they're going to spend big, I don't think it's going to be a receiver. I don't think it'll be a tight end. I think it'll be on the edge. For a guy that that they hope can be a 10 sack guy um again, just to go back to where you started with you know like what they did with Justin Houston a couple of years ago
1: yeah and I was originally gonna put bigger names for wide receiver on this list like an Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay but the closer we get the free agency the closer I feel like it's gonna be you either bring back T.Y. Hilton or you like sign a guy instead like a Nelson Aguilar or a Marvin Jones or a Corey Davis to replace T.Y. Hilton around 10 million dollars per year it's not gonna be like a mega contract to an Allen Robinson type there but I feel like with that being said, maybe the most second likely option on this list to make a bigger splurge might be tight end, honestly, Joe. And I might surprise some Colts fans out there just because they have Jack Doyle, they have Molly Cox. But this son I brought up here on the show last week was, I feel like Jack Doyle is reaching the end of his career right now. He's not like an athletic type. He's very reliable with his hands. But he had a down year last year compared to years past. Molly Cox really started to ascend, and he kind of just disappeared for the latter part of the year. But he's not like a speed threat to me. What do you think about maybe tight end, being a priority for the Colts at free and see where there's a John Johnny Smith in Tennessee. Who I think they could do really well in an Eric Ebron role and in the Gerald Everett's another cheaper option from the Rams, mm-hmm. Dan Arnold from the Cardinals as well. It feels like to me, maybe tight end could be a position the Colts get surprised and go after.
2: That's the, I actually think you're, you're dead on. So if, if the T Y part of what my thinking was, if the T Y Hilton thing doesn't work out, they take the money they had maybe earmarked for him and, and go out into the market and see what's there. So I'll start with – I just want to start real quick with my guy, the guy that I really like. I really like Corey Davis a lot. Um, he's really young. He was a former, like, top ten pick uh, in Tennessee. He started – he, again, kind of a late bloomer, but he's a monster, like, yards after the catch guy. He's a huge guy. I, I love the idea of pairing a guy with his size next to Michael Pittman and just kind of, again, just the idea of those two guys running crossers and, and Wentz being able to hit them and seeing what they can do after the catch. It's just very alluring to me. So, I, again – I think that's more of my dream scenario where I know other Colts, you know, Colts fans dream about guys like Robinson and Galladay. I think (laughs) that, I think the dream is maybe Corey Davis. And I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think he's even going to spend that much money at the receiver spot. So yes. To to get to the, what you were saying was maybe they take that, you know, eight, 10, 12 million, whatever it was that they had allocated for T Y Hilton. And instead of going to get another receiver they go after a tight end. Um, And and I like the guys that you brought up, Johnu Smith, another guy, another big guy, kind of a physical freak from Tennessee that I really, really like as well. I think he can kind of serve in that, that move, you know, F tight end um, spot that the Colts had, you know, they had Trey Burton in and then Eric Ebron before him. Um, I definitely think he, he'd be a good fit there. He's actually a better blocker than they've gotten from, from Ebron. I don't know. Again, I'm couldn't say, i tell you he's a lot better blocker than uh, Burton, but I think he is a better blocker if I, if I remember watching the tape correctly. Um, but again, I do like him and I, I still think there's more the Colts can get out of Moelle Cox. He just keeps kind of getting these nagging injuries that have, I think, limited him a little bit. Uh, but I definitely think there's more. And, yeah, Jack Doyle is definitely not um, the same guy he was. But we saw in the playoff game with Buffalo, he, he, he kind of showed some of that old Jack Doyle that that we've come to know and love and uh, and can still be reliable. But I definitely think if they they, they could go after somebody young there. And, and we know Chris Ballard likes the receivers they had. They like Pittman. They like Campbell. They like Zach Paschal. Um, they're happy with these guys. They drafted Patton last year. I think they want to see what they have in him. And so I yeah, if they have if the if the TY Hilton thing doesn't work out, I could absolutely absolutely kind of see them reallocating that money uh toward tight end. Colts fans,
1: rockauto.com is the place to go if you want to save money on your next car purchase, where you spend thirty percent, fifty percent, a hundred percent more. You could say a lot more over at rockauto.com, like over $150 on fuel Pump Assembly, getting new things like motor oil new carpet, tail lamps, brake parts, and engine control modules. Really, anything you can imagine, RockAuto.com has you covered. Over the last 20 plus years, as a family-owned business serving auto product customers, go to RockAuto.com right now and see the parts for your car or truck. Write "Locked On" in the Howdyabouts box so that Locked On Cold sent you over there. Again, write "Locked On" L-O-C-K-D-O-N in the Howdyabouts box so that Locked On Cold sent you over there. They have main selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts of the car over need. Go to rockauto.com right now, Colts fans. Betting on the Colts has to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes...
1: Cornerback now on the list here, Jim. Let's say Xavier Rhodes either comes back or they don't. A couple names here I threw out here for you. Shaquille Griffin of the Seahawks. I imagine he's probably going to stay there on the franchise tag. He's a very good young ascending talent. But Akilah Weatherspoon with the 49ers, very long, rangy guy, very athletic. Only 25, 26 years old. I think that's the mold of what Chris Bauer likes there. And Shadobi Woozy of the Cowboys, uh, more so a backup, like a CB2 there in Dallas. But the Matt Iberflus connection there. Eberflus drafted Woozy before he left the year after. What do you think about the cornerback market here? It's not as strong. They need to go out and get like a Patrick Peterson. I feel like he's going to make more than even what like Xavier Rhodes can make. So it feels like to me, either they go re-sign Xavier Rhodes or they go with a younger option here.
2: Yeah, they could. They could go younger and cheaper. I mean, that thing, that's what, that's kind of, we keep seeing that. I I love that you draw the connection to Matt Iberfluss. One of the things I'm writing about, uh today actually i think the story comes out later this week or next you know next week i'm not sure yet but um is that the colts do tend to target guys that they have relationships with trey burton is a guy that that was signed mostly because frank reich knew him justin houston was familiar with chris ballard from their days in kansas city xavier rhodes really really like believed in jonathan gannon um, from their days in minnesota so again targeting guys that have past relationships with their with their current coaching staff makes a lot of sense so I think that's a great call you made. Um, another guy I liked. I mean, again, I'm just throwing it out there because I think he'll be maybe cheaper. Uh, would be Kevin King in Green Bay. Uh, he's huge corner, which we know. We know Ballard likes size at corner. Um, again, I, I, you kind of tend. There's a, I think our mutual friend here at this point, Zach Hicks, does a really good job of those build a Ballard um, things that he does on his uh, Stampede Blue, and uh, you kind of you can kind of fit. You can kind of look at the guys that they sign and go dart, draft. And they kind of target these guys and a guy like, you know, you can go, oh, okay, he's over six feet. He has a wingspan above. I can't remember how many inches at this point. But you can look at those things and go, yes, that fits the kind of guy Chris Ballard targets to play that position. So um, I like I like said I like some of the names you mentioned. Kevin King is one that popped into my brain. Um, Can't say I put like a ton of time into like watching his tape or anything like that. But again, just given his size and and youth, uh, he made a little sense to me, too.
1: Last position here is just defensive line, just because we already went over the edge rushers. But let's say Danico Autry does walk in free. So he gets a bigger contract than what the Colts want to do. I only have one name here on the list because I think it makes – when I thought of this guy, it just makes so much sense because he's athletic, he's young, super talented. He was a former top five pick. I feel like the more I think about, especially the connection from San Francisco, I feel like Solomon Thomas is a guy that we should watch out for, for Danico Autry replacement because he'll be come up with torn ACL. He's had an injury history probably be around four to five million dollars per year so if Autry gets above that I could see a former top five top three pick in Solomon Thomas maybe in a guy out there but any names out there on the market outside of Solomon Thomas makes sense for you for Danico Autry it's, it's sort of a unique position that Autry plays playing inside and out
2: yeah I was gonna I, it's hard to say guys that I believe that can go slide inside and out I haven't actually oh boy that's a good I mean that's a good question I, I wish I had a name for you that jumps out to me but no I can't say there's anybody that kind of jumps out again it's more to me like if you let Danico um, yeah if you let Danico go I'm just kind of wondering if excuse me I'm just kind of wondering if Taequann Lewis is who they think okay yeah just slide him in and he'll be able to he'll be able to kind of take over I mean a guy that does have some inside outside ability no uh, never mind I was going to say Jadavian Clowney I don't like that though and again it's gonna be too much money and he's more of an edge guy and I don't know how much you want him on the interior um, no, I don't, I I wish I had a better name for you. I, I just don't, I, I honestly don't know what they would do uh, in that regard. If they left, I guess that my, my gut would be that they could just go with Taekwon and let him, let him kind of take over that role.
1: No, yeah. It's a super interesting role that Autry plays and one that's unique in this defense. So if they do let Autry walk, we're going to have to see if it's Taekwon or if it's someone else in free agency it's cheaper, we're not thinking of, but definitely Autry is one of the more unique names in the market right now as position, especially for the Colts and free agency moving forward here. But last one I have for you, Jim, appreciate the time as always looking over the list whenever it's say I don't want, I don't mean to play on the spot here, but if you had to predict right now on March 5th, 2021, around a uh, three o'clock Eastern time, <laughs> what do you think about T Y Hilton and Xavier Rhodes? I think either of those guys are back
2: this year right now. No, I think they're both gone. I, um, I, I, I just, I guess I maybe more convinced myself on that. I guess writing that story on the comp picks, I kind of talked myself into that being a, a path the Colts want to pursue. Um, And I, I, Chris. Again, it's it's just one of those things with Chris Ballard where he has his market value. He's not going to go above it. And if somebody goes and exceeds it, he's going to say good luck to you. That's great. Like good for you for getting more money, but that's not what we're wanting to pay. And at corner, I don't think he wants to pay a ton of money. Um, I think he's going to want to go cheaper. And if Xavier Rhodes can get a lot of money somewhere else, I think he's going to say you know good luck to you wherever you're going. T. Y. Hilton is. I mean, again, I when I say I I say no to me, it's in that like 60-40 no versus yes. I definitely could see a route he's back uh absolutely like again I I definitely think they want him back I'm not trying to imply otherwise but I just I kind of think that he might find some opportunities outside of Indianapolis for a team that is willing to offer him you know more more money than the Colts are willing to offer him so I my gut says no on both but I yeah like I said I'm I'm much I feel more confident in Xavier Rhodes than I do in Hilton.
1: Last one here for you, Jim, just looking at, at your answer there. And I'd agree with you at this point. I, I'd lean more towards Rhodes being back than T.Y. because I just, I just feel like at this point, if those three guys you mentioned earlier in the show, Godwin, Galladay, and Robinson are all tagged and they are not on the market, someone's going to pay for T.Y. Holden, probably a contender we're not thinking of. Maybe like a, maybe not New England, so to say, but maybe like a Washington football team makes a lot of sure. sense with Terry McLaurin. Someone yeah. like that could really make a lot of sense to me. But what do you think about just in the scenario we're talking about right now, T.Y. and Rhodes leave, you get a younger replacement in for Rhodes. You maybe sign a pass rusher like a Romeo Aquara, and you sign Corey Davis to replace T. Y. Hilton. What would your thoughts on that
2: scenario be? I love that. Um, like I said you, you picked my guy. I love. I guess I, I like Corey Davis a lot. I like the what he could do in a Frank Reich system. I like that he's young, and you're kind of you're kind of trying to catch him in his prime. is kind of the same way that he got he was kind of a late bloomer. You um, kind of catch him in his prime. So then to me, you know, the things that you mentioned, they get a cheap corner, they get an edge guy that I like, a receiver that I like. I think that frees you up to get, make sure you kind of get your left tackle uh, in the draft in either the first or the second round, the guy that you feel comfortable starting. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't put it past the Colts. We didn't talk about it. I know from, from, you know, from signing a left tackle, a veteran guy, not not an expensive one maybe, but somebody kind of further down the list to give them a little depth. I know they like Will Holden though, so they might just, you know, work, stay with that. But again, just to kind of give themselves some depth at the position, as we saw last year, you know, quickly it can unravel if you don't have depth at the position. So I could definitely see them targeting that, but I like, the off season that you just laid out because I think it frees them up to to do that, you know, take a tackle in the first or the second round. And then again, in this situation, I think they just want to keep throwing good bodies at the defensive line. So maybe you draft another edge guy in the first or the second round. Um, if you can, or again, this is Chris Battle we're talking about. So maybe he trades back and it's, we're talking about two second round picks, but I, I, I just think that the, they have to be able to target a left tackle in the draft most likely just because, the amount of money they're paying Ryan Kelly at center, the amount of money they're going to be paying Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson, it'd be better off. They'd be better off targeting somebody um, inexpensive and again a good, you know, an upside rookie, but on a rookie contract to play left tackle. That way, you're not spending you know too much money on the offensive line. So, the offseason that you laid out kind of allows them to do that, which I think is an ideal situation.
1: Jim, really appreciate the time as always. Colton's not ready. He's a must follow over on Twitter. Go ahead and do so at Jim Iello. He does great work at the Annapolis Star, covering the Annapolis Colts with Joel Erickson. They have their own podcast as well, Colts Cover 2 podcast. I really enjoyed your last few episodes, Jim. I'm a loyal listener here, so you guys keep doing great work over there. And I imagine I'll have you back on again in a couple of weeks once the dust settles on
2: free agency. That sounds good. Thank you so much, Evan. I appreciate it.